Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And, of course, they have Junior Bergen T-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Gus, the first meal I had outside my own home following the quarantine was at your house. Brought over a bunch of meat. I brought over my Alpine Touch, but I didn't bring it home. I forgot it at your place. Our first meal was made better, as every meal is made better by Alpine Touch on basically everything. I put Alpine Touch hickory smoke on my cereal in the morning. <laughs> It's, it's reached that level of usage. And the fact that you left it, I knew that you left it at my house. You brought it over, left it at my house. And like a real jerk, I said nothing to you because I was like, well, that's mine, dude. That's it. You came to my house. You left it in my house. And I'm eating all of it. We've gotten so far into this Alpine Touch obsession, I think, that I just think we might be able to host a podcast about all the things that you can make with Alpine Touch. It would be short. Everything. (laughs) They have a bunch of different varieties of spices, as we know. Uh, They are local from the state of Montana. Shoto, shout out, original Alpine Touch. And it's great when it's not just local, when it's not just supporting the state of Montana, but when it's also actually the best thing that you can get. I mean, when it comes to spices, uh, it's second to none. So, boys and girls, use your Alpine Touch. Colter, tell them where they can get it. AlpineTouch.com, no matter where you're at in the entire world listening to this, if you are in the United States of America and you make an order of over $50, which, you know, if you get yourself the Grand Slam and maybe some barbecue sauce, some sunflower seeds, you're there. Free shipping anywhere in the United States of America right now. Uh, so go to AlpineTouch.com. They're rolling out all their summer Big Mountain flavor packages. The sunflower shoots are really, really good as well. Alpine Touch has got you covered. Alpine Touch, Montana's special spice. Now from the Kurtz Polaris studio, here is Ryan Tutel and Coulter Nuanez. Welcome back. Tutel and Nuanez, hour number two. Great to be uh, with you here on a very fine Tuesday afternoon. Tuesdays, I don't know, man. I think Tuesdays, people view Tuesday as the low day of the week. I uh, I probably agree with them, but not today. I feel good today. Yeah, I mean, when you when you work all the Fridays and Saturdays, Tuesday is like my day. Tuesday's your day off. Yeah, yeah. Well, I uh, I not necessarily the day off, Gus. Just the least busy day. It wasn't for you today. You were very busy today. Uh, it's two thousand needles. It hurt. 1029. Well, let's just clarify. My man went to the doctor today. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> if you would uh, like to check us out on the podcast, you could do so. If you missed anything in the first hour, it is available. The podcast, Two Tell Nuanas podcast, available all the time. Uh, the podcast is on all of your favorite podcasting platforms. You can rate, review, subscribe. We appreciate that. I guess you subscribe first, then you review and rate it. Uh, I don't know. However you want to do it. If you do it, we, uh, we say thanks to you. We appreciate all our podcast listeners out there. The podcast is available thanks to Blackfoot and Alpine Touch. Uh, if you would like to call, 361-3688 is the phone number. All guests join us via the Rangage Brothers RV phone line. Coulter, as we 
get closer and closer here to uh, you know football season and and uh, hopefully having football season. I think we can say expecting to have football season at this point. Uh, once again, Ken Haslam, Bobby Houck were on a Zoom call earlier today uh, discussing uh, the you know the the prospect of football and what it's going to look like to have football. Uh, Ken Haslam sent a letter out. It's an open letter to to fans, to the media, to everybody yesterday, sort of describing a little bit of of kind of where they're at. Questions that have been asked that can continue to recur. FAQs are they very frequently asked questions yep. uh, that uh, that he has received and kind of got back to those. Uh, so we uh, he, he addressed that today. I want to say too, and we're excited about this. We will have uh, an interview with Ken Haslam on the show on Friday. So we'll talk to him again this week uh, in more detail. Sometimes you know you bounce around topically. A lot of people, different people, asking questions. So we'll get into this in even more depth on Friday when we speak to him. But certainly, he had, I think I think this was revealing. I thought this was as informational as I've seen thus far in a couple different respects. I also think it's worth noting just just to remind folks that although we get lumped in as media, as someone who works in print as a writer, like mm-hmm. I do at Skyline, as well as works here with you in radio mm-hmm. and works alongside and, and, we're, television. and we're on television. And television. Don't forget we're TV stars here, Coulter, yes. But like the question that our main man Sean Rainey is going to ask for the the sound he needs to get a sound clip he needs to get he's working in a time restraint he that needs is something significant. That's, that's significant and concise that lasts 20 to 30 seconds whereas on our show <laughs> case in point you can ramble for five minutes if you want well first of all you have to if you say something to us in 20 seconds we're like well why are you even here whereas we need as, 10 minutes well, as a print journalist i need the who what when where why that i'm most likely not going to quote you on any of them i need to ask you all of those though for context, because I'm going to put it into context for you as the writer, yeah. and then I need those nuggets of quotes. But uh, but I'm not going to type out the full five minute response. I mean, of I course. might, but you're probably not going to print that because that's just not what my role as a print journalist is to make it concise for you, right? To decipher it for you. So when we get in these Zoom calls, it's been great to be able to be on the line with all our colleagues and and sort of share stuff. And you know, a lot of times there's just some obvious questions that it's nice to just have the person answer it once rather than having to answer it to a bunch of sure. people. But also, the one-on-one is still the thing that makes it flow the best. Like when Kent comes on here on Friday, it will just be a better interview for our specific format. I'm not saying it's going to just going to be better. It's just going to be a better interview for sure. our format because yeah, we can sense. just have a conversation. That's right. So I think it's worth stating that to people. But also. We have. I, I will. I will be fully transparent here. We have been um, very. Um, we've praised Montana State for their access during this uh, these times of uncertainty, and we have given a lot of props to Leon Costello. And over the last couple of weeks, I really got to say that I really appreciate Ken Haslam for doing what he's done to Montana. I know that they were going through some much more trying times internally, especially with the uh, non renewal of Shannon Schwain. That sure. took up a ton of time and energy. What a time! That all happened during. What a time stress. for that to yeah. happen. I yeah. mean, it was going to be an excruciatingly terrible thing for the university to have to go through, regardless of the result, anyways. But then the logistics of it all, because of the pandemic, it's just been a nightmare. But I, I do appreciate Ken, Ken Haslam has opened his yep. line of communication to us uh, over the last several weeks, and uh, I think Montana is at least making adequate steps towards. Um, Provided people with answers to questions that they really do. But I, d- I did think this letter was pretty informative, and I did think what Kent had to say on the call today was also pretty informative. Well, we're going to play. Some of it is some overlap, so we'll play what was on the call uh, earlier, and, and then we'll get into some of the specifics uh, in the letter itself. But here you go. And again, this is this is really just a broad answer to the kind of the, the subsummate statement, you might say, of everything regarding particularly football and reopening and where we're at here on June the 9th. The letter yesterday, I just felt like we needed to get some communication out it changes so dramatically and it changes so quickly but I think it was important for us to let folks know that we're planning to play football in the fall and we have to plan in that in in that fashion um if not we're gonna uh we're gonna get caught when all of a sudden it's time to play football and so really what we've done is we're part of a, a much larger campus group and we rely on that campus group to stay in touch with the with the county health department we know we're in phase two right now uh and so what our plan is is to, to develop a plan and then go back to the, the county health officials, engage that at the state level. Really, we've got to be in 
we've got to be in, um, in concert with Montana State as well uh, so that we, we make sure that we're doing, doing things uh, similarly. Really what I tried to break down is we're going to look at things in, in sections. So certainly you've got pregame and tailgating that and, and how we get fans by foot and by mass transit and by parking and by cars here onto campus, how we manage that. Then once into the, and then the entrance into the stadium, we know that anytime we can keep groups together, that's going to make things much uh, much better, much way to contain things. Uh, and then the game the game environment itself, the, while the game is going from kick to the end, and 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 how that looks, access to restrooms, access to concessions, those are all things we're considering. And then the mingling of co- of, of of sections and how people stay together, how we create traffic flows around the stadium and all those that go into just when we're doing the game days, access into the suites, what we do in the press box. I would imagine that all of you need to get prepared to wear masks and and how that will work inside of that contained area there. Then the exit out and how we get folks out. Um, I would imagine that the gathering on the football field after the game will not be happening. That's just a guess in my mind, but I'm imagining that will not be happening. And so the idea is to, to keep groups together as much as possible, clean as clean as we can. And then ultimately it's the decision of those fans, whether or not they want to attend. We'll, we'll lay out what our mitigation plans are. Uh, and then I think there's, there's going to have to be some decision-making on their part as to, do I feel comfortable, um, uh, do I feel comfortable coming to a game and being a part of this? So that's really where we're at, Peter. Um, but all those still need to be communicated back and, and in concert with our reopening of the campus this fall. What about the players? Uh, obviously, there are going to be 22 individuals on the field playing football. Uh, lots of contact there. So uh, I'm sure the NCAA has given you some guidance and you have communicated with them as to the safety of all the players. Yeah, and we're going to have to incorporate some testing. We're going to have to incorporate um, monitoring of, of, of their symptoms. Um, we certainly have faced um, outbreaks of other viral diseases among teams because they, they travel together. They're close together. Uh, the flu can go pretty quickly through a football team. The flu can go very quickly through a, through a soccer team. And so making sure that we've um, – that we're, we're testing and we're protecting. The other thing we've got to take into consideration too are teams that are coming in uh, from other places in California or Oregon or we've got a team coming from Kentucky, uh, Washington, Utah, and, and how they travel in and what they bring, uh, bring as well. So um, those, are all, those are all part of that, uh, part of a plan and making sure that we um, keep people as healthy as possible and, and um, make sure that we're focused on those things that are really, really the most important. At Blackfoot Communications, we're experts at keeping your business technology up and running. From networks and security to communications and 24-7 support, we evaluate your current state infrastructure and deploy the right technology solution for your future. Whether your company is just starting out or is looking to take the next step, Blackfoot is here to help. Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com slash business to learn more. First of all, the moving parts that, in, in, that are involved in a in a major sporting event are, are pretty amazing. I mean, in terms of everything from concessions to restrooms to how you get in, you know, implementing the, the, the clear bag policy, for instance, last year. I mean, that to get the information out to people, to let people know, to try and not alienate people who are coming in. They got a kid, they got a diaper bag, they didn't hear that thing. Well, now what? That You know, all those sorts of things going on. But now you talk about you're trying to do this in a way that, has spatial awareness sort of factored into it? How are you going to do, you know, it used to be you unlock the bathrooms and you make sure that they're clean and stocked with soap and 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 uh, uh, paper towels. Now, you, you know, are you going to have a monitor in there that's like, okay, this is how far back you got to stand from one another? Are we releasing people in one section at a time to go, for, you know, first quarter or these sections, second quarter? I, I don't know. You know, and those are all, you know, open questions on all of this and also to what, you know, some of this, it seems like is going to have to be, you know, it's going to be within the larger guidelines, right, of the state and city where, you know, the University of Montana has to, you know, 
do as is allowable in relation to state you know ordinances and so on so this is a, a, a lot of unknowns uh, as far as it goes but that also the unknowns then create these you know the forking rivers of possibility about w- what you have to prepare for all of them if we're able to have full fans or not elsewhere today Ken Haslam did say look here's the deal we there's a possibility that they won't have single season tickets available and we'll talk about that because they're going to give priority to season ticket holders and to students but we are preparing he said as if we're going to be able to have 25,000 people like we're we're hopeful that we're going to be in a place where we can have a full stadium. And even though there's still going to certainly be precautions, that's the way we're operating because it's easier to come back off of that and say, okay, no, we can only have 15,000 or whatever it might be in relation to whatever it turns out to be on September 7th or whatever it is that the first football game is played. But you have to prepare all of these eventualities, at least on paper, to be ready for the one that, in fact, takes place when you come around the corner to the fall. The hardest part about this is that working in college athletics is so much about setting and then making deadlines. You can't do that right now. Yeah, You never know how the needle's going to move. Mm-hmm. There is a very slight chance that it all could just be fully open by the fall. Sure. Very slim, but it could be. Mm-hmm. There's also a, a chance that the virus could come back and be raging, and you could have nothing in the fall. Mm-hmm. That's the hardest part is it's a never-ending moving target. I think that the biggest challenge Montana is going to have, because I do I do second Kent Haslam's thoughts and second Leon Costello at Montana State's thoughts, that we will have college football in the fall in Montana. Yep. The situation in terms of, who gets into the state? I mean, you and I have been bouncing around town the last couple of weeks now. Things have started to open up and talking to our clients, some of our supporters, people that advertise on the show, that advertise with the Missoula Broadcasting Company in general. And they've all said, hey, we've renewed our season tickets. Which games are we going to get to go to? Most people are saying, hey, it's okay if I don't get to go to all six games. I know this is a one-time thing I'll sacrifice. But most people are also saying, how do I get in the Bobcat game? You know, how do I get to go to Weber State? <laughs> right. There's six games. The higher demand ones are going to be the ones that people are really fighting over. How do they do that? Is it a lottery process? Seniority. Is seniority. Right. Is it a round robin type well, deal? Well, here's the, here's, by the way, it, it, it is worth absolutely, you know, saying this, mentioning this. The, the way that they will prioritize, and Ken Haslam made this clear in the letter yesterday and again today, is first of all, if there's a reduction in the number of people that are allowed in the stadium, the people with season tickets are going to have first priority. And uh, and st- I should say, and students. He didn't say first to season tickets and then to students. He put them together. That's who's going to have priority. Okay. So if that were to happen and you reduce by, say, 10,000 or something like that, the number of students that can be, you know, uh, uh, or the number of fans excuse me, that could be in the stadium, then there is a real tr- possibility that there just is no such thing as a single-game ticket. Like, it just doesn't get right. sold. And that was in his letter, right? That's right. I mean, that was in the letter. Likely no single-game ticket. Well, it wasn't likely. Possibly. Possibly. Possible, right, right, to right, be right, clear. Right, right. So that would probably be the first thing in terms of the reduction of the people, you know, the numbers that would go. It's the other also, thing about Phase 2 is that we talk about social distancing. There, there's a little bit of a caveat when it comes to people that you – live with or travel with, right? Mm-hmm. Like right now, if you go to a downtown establishment, you you and I, it's not going to be enforced that we sit six feet from each other. It's only going to be enforced that we sit six feet from the other groups, right. right? Exactly. And so you can't have bunches of people. That's the other hard part to discern, though, is, okay, this this section of people have been they're friends. They've been sitting together forever, but they're not from the same household. So are we going to let 20 people who all are comfortable with each other conglomerate? Or are we going to say you can only sit with the people you're related to or that you live under the same household with? That's the part there where it's going to be so hard for Montana to regulate. Yeah, I, mean, I just don't I, think you can. I don't think right? you probably can. I think it's got to. I mean, you're not doing it at restaurants right now, right? You can sure. sit with the group that you arrive with. Right. But that's what, I, that's of, what I'm saying, though, is say that, you know, the group from 
Stockman's Bar comes down, and they're with you know they've been sitting in the same section next to the guys from Carl Tyler Chevrolet for 25 years, and maybe even they were out in the parking lot having one before they came in. Maybe, but then maybe who are, who are you going to say though? <laughs> like then how do you say, hey, Carl Tyler people and Stockman's Bar people? Now you have to sit apart. Right. How does I mean, that work? It, wait, again, I mean, this is part of the the. The, the the logistical nightmare that this could become. I don't know the answer to it, and I'm glad I don't have to know the answer to it. I mean, totally. that's, that's going to be a difficult thing. But also, I don't know that they're really preparing to cross that bridge yet, okay? Because I think that at the time that you know that you have to figure that out, then you figure it out. Obviously, you have to prepare to be able to, to figure it out, but, but hope, maybe optimistically, that you don't have to do that. It is also worth noting, and I think this is worth considering too there's a gr- there's certainly a group of people right Coulter that regardless of the openness or not of the stadium of 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 the season of of the state of the country who may not be a comfortable with or may still be at risk people right of a certain age group maybe a certain uh uh um you know, physical uh, uh, reality that they have to deal with, whether it's diabetes or something like that, that even though they have been or maybe even are still season ticket holders, aren't going to want to go to the games. And th- that's the that's the actually the number that I would like to know, and I think that could be one part where it could be a little bit beneficial is maybe like a climate survey or something like that because I do think that there's a fair amount of people that are passionate Grizz fans mm-hmm. that are maybe in the higher risk population, especially in terms of just age demographics, that – fiercely love the University of Montana, that if the athletic department could gauge, hey, you know, you're, you're a 77-year-old guy that's been going to Grizz games for 50 years, and you don't feel comfortable going to home games, but you bought your season tickets because you love Montana and mm-hmm. you wanted to contribute to the program. If they could get as many people to answer, hey, I bought my season tickets out of the goodness of my heart to support you, and I'm not very comfortable with going to games. If they could know a, even a rough count of what that population is now you say okay well let's say i think kent has told us that they sold about eighteen thousand season tickets these mm-hmm. last couple of years so you're talking about the stadium being about 75 percent season ticket holders right right but if you know that say two thousand of those are, are people that are maybe not going to go to all the games they're not they're not that caught up in it that they say I, I i will be okay this year with not going i'm looking out for my my own health and my family's health well then, now okay, now you you only have to figure out then sixteen thousand instead of eighteen. That's right. Uh, it's also worth knowing that I'm just going to read this straight from the letter for, for folks who do not want to go, who have not yet renewed their season tickets. Because if you don't renew your season tickets, you lose it. You know, each year you can get better and better seats with your season tickets. Is you know, it's kind of the revolving door. People that have them, and then whether they move away or whatever, maybe they don't have them, so now their seats become available. But if you If you've just purchased them for the first time, you sort of get what's left over. So here you go. Any season ticket holder who does not renew their football tickets because of concerns around COVID-19 will have first right to purchase those same tickets for the 2021 season. We feel it is important to work with our season ticket holders. All we ask is you notify the box office by the July 3rd deadline, that is, if that is your intent. By the way, July 3rd is the date, right, that they are that will end season ticket sales, want to have all the season tickets that have been, uh, you know, purchased or, or, you know, earmarked, paid for. So July 3rd, uh, that, what is that? That's the Friday, because I think the 4th is a Saturday this year. So that Friday before the 4th of July is when the deadline is at the University of Montana. But I think this is, I think this is the right thing to do from the university it's it's extending a little bit of an olive branch like look if you don't feel comfortable you don't need to renew your seats and we will still make those same seats available to you first next year and you know it, it allows people some flexibility and that's not even the the people who have quote purchased their tickets you know you could you could forego it the one thing is is that it, it, they are asking? I think this is you know kind of honor system deal, but if it's it is legitimately surrounding the coronavirus, the pandemic is not just oh I'm going to be out of town, you know I'm moving somewhere and so I'm not going to pay for them this year, and that I will be able to get them again next year. You know they would like those I would think to be available for somebody else, you know, and go back into the system uh, as as available season tickets. But nonetheless, I think that that's a good you know, a good thing to, for, for them to do. But again, all of this is, is, um, fluid. 
and there's no definitive answers, but I think that the idea that they are fully expecting football to be played, which I think is not, you know, we've, we've sort of been at that spot now for a little while. And also the, the admission that they're preparing for games with full fans Again, just because it's easier to back off that, but still that that's the preparation that's being made so that it's full go until it isn't kind of deal. You know, you, you, you hope that, that things go well enough that that can be the case. A few more details about renewing season tickets. You mentioned that if people want to not renew their 2020, but uh, because of COVID-19 concerns, they can do in 2021. A couple dates for you. The deadline to renew Grizz football season tickets has extended through July 3rd. Answers to all COVID-19 questions can be found at gogrizz.com backslash COVID-19 FAQ. So that's a place where you can find a lot of the different answers to some of the stuff and including some of the stuff that Ken Haslam addressed in his letter. Uh, the Adam Center ticket office will also begin to reopen as of June 8th, which is actually yesterday. So uh, this email was actually sent out yesterday by Montana Sports Information. So June 8th, yesterday, the ticket office is open. Two doors will be designated, one for entrance, one for exit. So just pay attention to when you're going in and when you're going out because they just want to make sure people aren't standing next to each other in line. One ticket office window will be open to the public. They're open from 8.30 to 4.30, 8.30 a.m., 4.30 p.m. Maximum of three people will be allowed to wait in line at a time. And uh, base coverings recommended but not required. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also sort of the other rules that we're, I guess, almost getting used to. And this weird time. But if you have any questions, you can also call 406-243-4051 or you can email grizztix, that's T-I-X, at umontana.edu. It's 2 Tell New Honest, 1029 ESPN Radio. A lot of stuff happening, actually, at the high school level. We will go through it. Mavs Baseball, Gatorade Player of the Year, Jace Klusiewicz, and maybe even some rodeo. We'll get to it all right after this. Hey, do you have dogs? Do you have dogs? Do you have pets that go outside? When I say go outside, you know what I mean. They go outside. Well, you don't want to mess with that. It's the worst It's the worst household task that there is by far. And also, if you don't do it, you got problems with your shoes. Okay? So don't worry about it anymore. Let Montana pooper scoopers take care of the one job nobody wants to do. At least you can avoid the poo in your yard with their weekly dog pick waste removal. That's right. None of us want to deal with it, so go online, visit MontanaPooperScoopers.com to find out how you can get set up for weekly waste removal or even just a one-time deal. You just got behind somehow. You get it? You see what I did there? I, I love it. Okay. You are the live read and um, mention master. It's it's uh, it's risky to make poop puns on the radio, <laughs> but I have done it. Uh, it's, it's risky to advertise poop on Two Tell the I give uh, Montana Pooper Scoopers a ton of credit. They okay. knew that you would... Bring it home for them. Yeah, that's that's not a compliment. Uh, service <laughs> in Missoula and Lolo. Uh, if you are uh, if you're in Missoula and Lolo, that's where they service. Montana uh, Montana Pooper Scoopers will take care of the job that no one in the family wants to do online right now. MontanaPooperScoopers.com. And if you mentioned this ad, this conversation that we've just had, twenty five bucks off your initial service. MontanaPooperScoopers.com. Coulter, during this time where we got to be a little bit socially distanced, it's nice to know we can get out on the links and play a little bit of golf, and nobody better than Western Birch to get your round started right. That's right, golf's been definitely one of my favorite pastimes during quarantine times. And it's recently landed my new Western Birch customized golf tees. Go check out Western Birch golf tees at westernbirch.com. These classy golf tees are made of 100% white birch hardwood and printed with high-quality color right here in the United States. A company founded right here in Montana. These durable wood golf tees, perfect way for you to market your business. Just think, anytime you break a tee, your brand is sitting on the tee box forever. You can hand them out to your clients, your buddies, your golf partners, whoever. Great way to earn top-of-mind awareness while also playing a sport we all love. Again, you can check out all the cool designs online at westernbirch.com. Add your logo on a 1,000 of any of their tees for $150 delivered to your door. Give them to clients, friends. Watch them get impressed by the quality of the look of a simple golf tee and by your creativity. Give Western Birch the opportunity to show you what they're talking about. Email and ask for Chad at info at westernbirch.com, info at westernbirch.com, or follow on Instagram and Facebook, westernbirch.com. Play soft Ocean Avenue, where I used to sit and talk with you. We were both 16 and it felt so right, sleeping all day, staying up. 
Welcome back to Tell Nuanas. 102.9 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, How D. You can also find us on the World Wide Web, 1029ESPN.com. You go there, you listen live all the time. It's on the stream, which is available thanks to our friends at Opportunity Bank. Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. Coulter, it is time to uh, get into a little bit of high school stuff. This is actually interesting. We kind of bounced around quite a bit on on a lot of what has gone on uh, sort of nationally, NBA stuff. I'm amazed we haven't done our NBA segment yet. Is everything okay with you? Uh, it's, it's fine. Man, you must have had a I'm crazy day up. today. You, I didn't get an NBA text. I didn't get a legacy text from you. I didn't get a, what do you, what, of guys who were between seven foot and a half inch and seven feet, one and a half inches, who are the 13 best <laughs> in order go? That Those are the things that I get from you all the time. And now all of a sudden, maybe you aren't feeling well. <laughs> you, want, you want to know one thing I would think about with the NBA? This is... You, yes, you yes, made, I do. You made a, I've done this to myself. I know. You've yes. made <laughs> you've made several comments over the last couple of weeks that have, have been uh, that have got my wheels spinning because it's so true. And I've like I've the always rivers of possibility. I've, <laughs> I've always, not always, but for the last several years, I've thought and thought and thought about how, on one hand, Michael Jordan changed the NBA and changed pro sports more than any other athlete that we've seen in the modern generation and maybe ever. He also, he as an individual set the standard in a team sport. That's completely unique. Mm. We measure not only individuals, but teams up to the bar that Michael Jordan set and the bar, his, his exposure and his dominance in the biggest moments. You're talking about like 6-0 in in championship series. Mm -hmm. It was so profound that it almost made an entire generation of people forget that Bill Russell won 11 championships in 13 years. Yes, he did. I also think, though, that the barometer of unless you win as many championships as Michael Jordan, you're a tier below him, and unless you even come close, you're somehow not as memorable and I think that it, it just it demeans so many guys that had excellent careers. We never talk about, man, you remember how Reggie Miller led the Indiana Pacers to six Eastern Conference Finals? Like, what an awesome player. He was in the final. If we if you thought about it, like the NCAA tournament in in the scope of Final Fours, like, well, man, John Stockton and Carl Malone played in like eight Final Fours. Reggie Miller and the Indiana Pacers were in like six Final Fours. They just happened to lose to Jordan, Right. But I've just been thinking about all the guys that in 20 years we won't remember unless somebody busts out their basketball card or something. Mm. But they were still pretty darn good. Bill Simmons has been doing these redraftable always, uh, always podcasts, yeah. like going through drafts and saying, how will we draft them now? Yeah. He did the 2004 draft the other day, which was the draft that Dwight Howard was the number one overall pick in, which in itself is such a fascinating conversation. Because Dwight Howard is at the same time an absolutely first team, first ballot Hall of Famer, as well as one of the biggest busts in NBA history. At the same time, what an anomaly. What an anomaly. But he was also talking about guys like Al Jefferson. In 20 years, you won't even have thought of Al Jefferson in 20 years. Al Jefferson was pretty freaking good. I mean, he was like all NBA player multiple times. Josh Smith. Like it's just so interesting how. In the NBA more than any other sport, unless you win on the absolute highest level, you won't get remembered. It would be like if we didn't remember Mike Trout, only because his team didn't win. So often, if you're the best player in basketball, you can lead your team all the way to glory. But on the other hand, also, sometimes you just get stuck in the mud. Like, really, what Al Je- what could have Al Jefferson done? He got traded to two terrible franchises. Let's just be clear. Al Jefferson's baseball comp ain't Mike Trout. No, I know. I know. Okay. I know. Just I know. So, we, I know. Just so my, we're clear. And, 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 you know, I'm grasping for straws because Al Jefferson was, you know, an above <laughs> average, but by no means, like, epic NBA player. But he was very good. Totally. But sure. What if Damian Lillard never makes it to the conference finals again? Yeah. What, what, what will we remember about him, though, right? The because greatest the, player in conference history. The more the more that you don't make it, though, the more it starts to erode your legacy. Maybe. Like, we think about Chris Paul for all he hasn't done rather than all he has done. If Russell Westbrook and James Harden keep going like they're going, we'll think of all they haven't done rather than what they have done. And that to me, it just it becomes unfortunate. When you look... We I texted you during the 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 um, 
Last Dance when they were showing the highlights of the two years in a row and the Bulls played the Pacers. There was this argument on a Ryan Russillo podcast about who's better, Reggie Miller or Ray Allen. Broadly, it's a good argument. But when you watch Reggie Miller in those playoff series, you're like, man, Ray Allen's a great player. He's a great player. It's Reggie Miller, man. Who, who, who was arguing? Ryan Russillo and Bill Simmons were both arguing that Ray Allen was better than Reggie Miller. And it's like, man, throw the numbers out the window. You're talking about, you're talking about winning time. If you're Reggie Miller, you were never scared of Michael Jordan. You were going at Michael Jordan. Whereas Ray Allen, he needed LeBron to pass him the ball. I just think it's interesting that sometimes we just analyze guys over what they haven't done rather than what they have done. Thank uh, thank heavens that that they had a, a conversation like that. Because that's... Now, Russillo and Simmons are as good as it gets on the NBA. Certainly from a commentator and, if they I are. may say, media standpoint. Sometimes they think too hard about it. There's, there's some... Um, my point is, is, like, there's great... I love the players in the NBA that talk about the NBA. Jalen Rose, for instance. It's not a conversation about who is better, Reggie Miller or Ray Allen. Reggie Miller is just... I mean... And, and this is where... And this is the thing that drives you crazy about baseball sometimes, too. Come on. And it's it's the 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 hyper statistical analysis. I think sometimes in in football, it's the fantasy football. It's the quarterback who throws for a million yards, even though they're inconsequential yards because he's on a bad team. It's Kirk Cousins, right? You're top five in the league in passing multiple years in Washington for teams that are winning four games. So who cares? Like you're throwing for 300 yards a game. It doesn't matter. There does not matter. It's empty, right? Do you like that? It's the same thing as you know. When are you getting your hits in baseball? The analytics, I think, has really hurt baseball. Like when Ryan Rosillo was making his argument for why Ray Allen's better than Reggie Miller, he's talking about made this many more threes, shot this higher of a percentage. In hoops, more than anything, though, throw the stats out the window. You don't need to know how many points per game Reggie Miller averaged in his career. All you need to know is that this dude from UCLA, from Riverside, California, decided to make his entire career in the Midwest and make the Pacers a straight relevant franchise. And be the best player on the team and take them not to just the promise the best, player, the best he could. Not just the best player on the team. And I, the, the, the icon of the franchise. Ray Allen is not the icon in Milwaukee or Seattle or Miami or Boston. He's not. Reggie Miller, they probably still have a freaking mural on the wall for Reggie Miller in Indianapolis. I'm really glad you got your NBA segment out of you. I hope you can sleep well tonight. We'll do some high school stuff next. <laughs> at Blackfoot Communications, we're experts at keeping your business technology up and running. From networks and security to communications and 24-7 support, we evaluate your current state infrastructure and deploy the right technology solution for your future. Whether your company is just starting out or is looking to take the next step, Blackfoot is here to help. Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com slash business to learn more. Responsibility for what just happened. It's my fault for opening an NBA, even hypothetical, make fun of it question. And we still did 10 minutes, and by we, I mean him. He's Coulter. I'm Ryan. Together, we're two tell new ones on your radios. Great to be with you. If you missed anything in the show today, check it out on the podcast. The two tell new ones podcast available wherever you get your podcast. It's available thanks to our friends at Alpine Touch. I think it's grill time, Coulter. I don't know if I have time tonight, but I'm going to prep it up tomorrow. We're going to do some meats, and we're going to get some veggies going, and we're going to just dump all the rest of your Alpine Touch that I have at my house on it. Hey, uh, I hung out with the boys from Alpine Touch for yep. a little while last night, and uh, things are going great. They appreciate everybody around the state of Montana for really contributing to their cause, and uh, we talked a lot about the history of Alpine Touch. I'm not contributing to their cause. They're contributing to my cause no in question. my Flavor Town. Is that what I do? Flavor Town? No Is that question. how we do it? I don't know. We that's, talked a lot about that. That's the, stupid. The, I hate that I said that. We talked a lot about the history of Alpine Touch, though, and I, I thought it was very cool. You know, we, we, Am I going to get to do no, this segment no, no, today? No, you're not. No, you're not. No, you're not. No, you're not. <laughs> I, I, I just think at times like this, 
I think the quarantine has been so... It's a, been a test yes. mentally for all of us in a variety of ways, both good and bad. But the one piece of affirmation that I've gotten so much is that I am so happy and proud to have lived most of my life in Montana. Yep. And also the way that Montanans live their lives, the things that we have value in, the things that we put value in, the way that we respect each other for local businesses. Because I asked Chad, I said, does Alpine Touch have to be based in Shoto, Montana? And he said, well, no, it doesn't. And in fact, it might be more successful if it wasn't. But why would I ever want it to not be? Mm-hmm. He said, it's what it is, where it's at. So right. We uh, provide a bunch of great jobs. And like this, what am I, I, I love it more than anything. Yeah. What a great thing. What that, a great thing. That's what Montana's all about. No doubt. No doubt. And speaking of also uh, during the uh, quarantine, our friends at Blackfoot who have uh, helped us out with the podcast as well, they kept a lot of people sane during quarantine. No doubt. <laughs> having, oh, 100%. having your streaming services. Well, so shout out to Blackfoot and Alpine Touch for keeping everybody's lives at some like respectable level even when they couldn't leave their premises. I, 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 I do feel bad for all of our folks out there that run and operate restaurants and I think that communal gatherings and places to go out to eat, is it's a wonderful thing because we're sharing one of the great simple joys of life. Mm-hmm. But also, I think that the restaurants being closed, the one silver lining was it got people back to cooking in their homes a lot, too. Mm. And I think that that's awesome because then, you know, what other better ingredient could you get than just, hey, well, I'm going to cook something tonight. Great. I'll cook vegetables and meat and put Alpine Touch on it. Yeah. Recipe yeah. finished. Recipe done. Uh, Coulter, shall we do some just a little high school Let's stuff, do it. can we? Uh, it is time for our prep extra segment. It's brought to us by Farmer State Bank. Here's some exciting news. This is cool. Farmer State Bank is offering the summer better sweepstakes for a chance to win five grand. That's right, 5000 bucks. Just download the mobile money app and use Zelle. Zelle's, if I may say, the best way to send money on the internet. It it's is. just boom, done. Uh, during June and July, every time you send $5 or more with Zelle, you will be entered, you will receive a sweepstakes entry uh, from Farmer State Bank uh, to win five grand. So that's a pretty great deal. Coulter, uh, we've talked about this a lot in the first hour, but again, it bears repeating. Jace Klusowicz committing uh, today to the University of Montana, three-star recruit, uh, probably a secondary player at the next level, goes uh, both ways at a very high level. He's also a track star, tremendous athlete, but this is a great get for the University of Montana and uh, and is the first of this recruiting class uh, for the Grizzlies from in-state, so uh, a big get for them. Also, the Missoula Mavericks baseball team, they won 6-5 yesterday over Kalispell, uh, and they end up uh, uh, getting 2-6-5 on the year. So they won by the score uh, that they uh, uh, are at right now by way of record as well. And Dane Frazier, he's been on an absolute tear. Six of nine in his last two games, four of those six hits for extra bases, one of which a big-time home run. First of all, it's great to have sports going on. It's great to have baseball happening in the state of Montana. And the Mavs now at 6-5 and five have won three straight, and they are uh, they're turning it around a little bit here in the early going of the season. Isn't Dane Frazier such a baseball name? Oh. Like I hear Dane Frazier, I'm like, yeah, of course that guy plays third Absolutely. base and hits bombs, right? Yes. Like, oh, Dane Frazier hit a couple doubles? Yeah, I'd expect the guy named Dane Frazier who plays third base to hit some bombs. I uh, I love when guys, uh, their names fit fit them. Like Raleigh Wooster and like the way that he can handle the ball and, and just make magic off the dribble. Like, he just looks like a Raleigh. That's It's just a great, it's a very fitting name. I, I love, uh, love when people's names fit them, but... Now, let me ask you... Th- oh, go ahead. I, I, well, following the Mavs, I, I've always followed the Mavs closely just because I, I love baseball, but also just because I had such a childhood connection to Brett Hathaway, the match, the the manager, excuse me, I almost said the math master because he is also a math master. Mm-hmm. Seventh grade math, math teacher. Seventh grade math teacher, Hell, yep. elementary. That's when math first started getting hard, and so you better have a guy to, to guide you into the, the next level it, of the maze. It didn't get hard. He made it hard. That's oh, what he, happened. He is a challenging teacher. Oh. There is no question that Mr. Hathaway, <laughs> no-nonsense kind of a guy. Yes, sir. Better do your homework. But uh, <laughs> I've always found, you know, then when I was at the Missoulian uh, years ago, um, the first summer I was there, my two beats were the Osprey and the, the Mavs. Yep. So I got a chance to then reconnect with Brent on a, a more adult level. Yeah. And I always loved, I mean, we are, we talk about this a lot, but there's baseball guys and like the, the way that baseball guys are a little bit cocky sometimes, a little bit surly. I love it. 
Yeah. And Brett Hathaway is just, he's the surliest of the baseball managers. He's, he's just f- so funny without trying to be funny at all. But just reading about the Mavs early on in the year, because you know, we've had some, I've had some people call here at the station and, and be saying, why can't we have Legion Baseball in Missoula yet? Fortunately, that has been lifted a little bit. We have been, have been having games here in Western Montana. But the Missoulians have been doing a good job of covering the Mavs, and they've been having some comments from Coach Hathaway, but he's, he's so funny because he's so predictable. Every single comment is like, well, we had a good day today, but we are a long ways away. Yep. we, we yep. got to get better <laughs> a long ways away. He's always saying it. But that's why their Missoula is always competitive on the, the state and regional and sometimes even national level. Never satisfied. It's 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 He always does a great job. Playing against yourself is the most important part. He always tries to make you better against yourself. So they had a rough start to the year, but I do think they have a lot of talent. And uh, Missoula, the Missoula-Bozeman Legion thing that's going on right now, because Garrett Schultz, who's a good buddy of mine, uh, used to coach the Belgrade Bandits, now is the head coach of the, the Bozeman Bucks. Mm-hmm. Phenomenal coach. Great dude. Love, love Garrett. Definitely different styles than Coach Hathaway. Coach Hathaway, I mean, he's treating like pro baseball. I mean, mm-hmm. it's straight up, he's a professional. But the collision course and the rivalry that's developed between those two teams and now the fact that they've both become, like, those two teams have played more often than not recently for the state title, and then they've been competitive in the regional level too. And I think it's, I just think it's so fun because you talk about one high school towns. Well, in Legion, it's, it's one city teams. And so you have a chance. It's like the all-star teams of Missoula versus Bozeman versus, you know, Billings is the only one that has multiple teams. And so the competition level is just so high. I think yeah. it's fun to have Missoula, Bozeman, and and whatever the two Billings teams rises to the occasion as sort of these three teams jockeying Ongoing. for the, the supremacy. No doubt. Uh, elsewhere, by sport, the Gatorade Boys Soccer Player of the Year was announced yesterday. Zach Springer out of Bozeman. Uh, he is uh, going to play soccer at Carroll College next year. But this is remarkable, man. 16 assists, 18 goals. That's 34 points in 15 games. Saying, it's, not very many games. It's more than two points a game. It's amazing. It's over a goal a game for an entire season that stretched all the way to a state championship run. So congratulations uh, to uh, to Zach Springer on uh, being you know, a well-deserved award, Gatorade uh, Player of the Year, but then also uh, going to – to, to Carroll College on a scholarship to play soccer. So that's that's fantastic and uh, a, a great spot to have them. I'm always interested in where kids go. Uh, you know, when there's no men's soccer at the University of Montana or Montana State, and then, you know, when you're a great soccer player in the state of Montana, where the places are that you want to go play. Obviously, if you want to stay in state, you go to a place like Carroll College. But what are the programs, the soccer programs, you know, around this the region that you might be able to compete at and what that level is like? And that's just not something that I have a very good handle on. I think we're going to try and kind of delve more into that stuff. But nonetheless, congratulations to Zach Springer on an award well earned. It is our prep extra segment. It is brought to us by the Farmer State Bank. Again, Farmer State Bank right now. Offering summer better sweet stakes for your chance to win five grand. You download Farmer State Bank money a mobile money app and then use Zelle to send money five dollars or more every time this month and next June and July that you send five dollars or more using Zelle on uh, Farmer State Bank's mobile money app. You will receive an entry into the sweepstakes to win five thousand dollars. Pretty sweet deal, uh, right there. Coulter, we got about three and a half minutes left. I don't think that I want to start talking NBA with you again. I think you've already run that conversation to the ground. We talked a little <laughs> no fishing. Way. We're not even started on the NBA. And right? that's exactly the point. Uh, we talked a little fishing earlier. Michael Jordan landing a 442-pound Marlin. Uh, that's pretty good. I have uh, never. The last fish I caught that I caught by myself Actually, I may have done it once as an adult. Okay. Have you caught a fish as an adult? Uh, I've never considered myself an adult. So, no. Never. Really? Never? I have not even thrown a line in the water 12 years. It's basically your adult life. Yep. Um, 
I've caught a fish as an adult. I don't remember the occasion. You would think it would stand out to me. The only thing I remember about fishing that went well was catching perch in the Flathead Lake. Now, is this right? I think the perch got, like, run out of there in, in large quantities from some, what do they call these, uh, you know, invasive species that come in here and do this whole thing? I don't know, man. I'm out of my depth. I don't know why fishing was the thing I decided to talk about. <laughs> you know, we're on a flood warning for the next five days. Have you heard this? You ever tried to, f- I tried to go <laughs> fishing on Father's Day three years ago uh, during flood stage in the Bitterroot River because you oh, can fish man. for free. Thought I'd try that out. That was that was a poor choice on my part. I don't know why I thought getting bit up by mosquitoes with flood stage river waters or you can't even get your line to drop into the water just gets carried 200 yards down river. Why that was a good idea. That didn't work out either. You know you're grasping for straws when you're trying to pivot away from my epic NBA conversations and talk about I'm not fishing. grasping for straws. I am just like hell trying to stop your NBA on. Why? Because I don't you, know. you realize what's about to happen. Dude, top-ranked boxing's coming back tonight. Mm. Pumped up about that. I think yep, 7 o'clock yep, on ESPN. Yep, yep. UFC Fight Island in the United you Arab Emirates. Is over for the UFCs, happen. man. We got no. the UFC theater going no, on. No. I don't know why you're not a, that into it. You should be. No, I don't, I'm not into it. Why? Do you, do you just think it's gratuitous? It can be. This was actually a very interesting experience because I, I do understand where that premise comes from. I know we're running out of time, but I do understand where that premise comes from, except for that... Because of my dad's martial arts background and just the way that we were brought up, I, I was exposed to fighting at a high level a, a lot across the board in, in very professional and, and non-detrimental um, ways. But I, a couple people that had never watched the UFC came to our house to watch the UFC the other week. It wasn't this one. It was the previous one, UFC 249. It was hard to explain to them why this was okay. There was a couple just horrific knockouts and... One of the gals was like, you guys like watching this? And we were like, man, yeah, I guess it really puts it in perspective, right? What we call that is a self-indictment, culture. That's what that is. Boys and girls, have a wonderful rest of your Tuesday. We'll see you tomorrow. We'll find some more fish to talk about. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here. And if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org or of course you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold or visit online anytime anywhere msubookstore.org MSU Bookstore Your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus.